Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Puck Off. It has been far too long since Andrew and I have been able to sit down at the mic. I have been ill. Andrew's had some stuff going on that we haven't been able to connect when I have felt well. So we are finally back with a shit ton to talk about. But we're going to try and blow through it as quick as we can. Before we do, Andrew, how the hell are you? I'm upright, which is the best I could say right now. <laughs> you know what? 90% of the battle is being yep, on. Exactly. So, but we, we're here. We're, we're here. We're here to talk some, talk some hockey bullshit. So let's talk some hockey bullshit. You've got a lot to talk about. Uh, let's try and go semi in order. Semi. Uh, since the last time you and I sat down at the mic together, five players have been charged in the hockey Canada scandal. We have not Fuck. had a chance to talk about that. Yeah. Um, thoughts on the teams getting cap relief for those five players? It's tough, man, because I think you have a scenario here where all five, like all five teams knew, you know, <laughs> all five Here's, teams. So I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying you're wrong. Yeah. Here's where I'm going to play some devil's advocate for you, because I do see a lot of that argument on social media and, and, you know, Oh, how could they have not known? How could they have not known? First of all, these players were drafted in 2015 and 16. So it was not something that happened before they were drafted or even the year they were drafted. This happened in 2018. So they were already in their organization framework. They all got ELCs before the incident occurred. They all got their secondary contracts after the incident. Now, I've seen some people sit there and say, well, according to the police, the matter was no more. They investigated and they put it to bed. So with that information, teams made their second contract offers. Except for the Senators, which I found interesting when you, when, when you really look at it. Uh, Formentin uh, was yeah. a 21-year-old. Yeah, but if you go back and look, the contract negotiations between player and team were always tenuous. Mm -hmm. And he ended up signing overseas after they missed the signing deadline in December. Now, does this play any sort of factor in the delay? It might. It might. They may have been tenuous beforehand, and then the case got reopened, and Ottawa said, we want to know first. And then mm -hmm. he said, F you. They walked away, and he went and signed over team overseas. That's possible. But to say teams knew for sure, you work with lawyers. Mm -hmm. I if do. If a lawyer tells you to shut up and not <laughs> say a word, especially <laughs> a lawyer who you are paying thousands per hour, you shut the fuck up. <laughs> that is true. So in a world where lawyers are doing all the talking, if the general manager sits down, oh, by the way, the agent nine times out of 10 is a former lawyer. Or mm -hmm. is a currently practicing lawyer? The agent. A lot of GMs. A lot of GMs in the league are lawyers too. Like Breezeball was a defense attorney. Bettman was a lawyer. Right. So a general manager, even if he sat down with an agent and said, 
we want to know. The agent, who's going to be consulting with the player's lawyer, by the way, mm-hmm. is going to have been told, say nothing. And so the mm-hmm. agent is going to go, I can't comment on that. Mm-hmm. Even if I knew, I couldn't tell you. But doesn't that raise suspicion? If all of the players have their agents doing that, then no. I don't know. Strength in numbers here. Think about it. There are four players that we know for a fact, Kale McCarr being one of them, wasn't even in the province. Mm -hmm. They were off at college. Mm -hmm. So even if you've got their agents, their lawyers, saying the same lines, even if we knew we wouldn't tell you, then no, the teams aren't going to know. And it's also an issue of don't ask, don't tell. But isn't it, but but some of the, uh, wouldn't you say that some of the actions by the teams were kind of damning? I mean, Ottawa, Ottawa is, uh, there's a lot of mystery surrounding the Ottawa thing because in Formentin, you had a 17 goal scorer who was 21 years old and not arbitrary arbitration eligible. And they walked away from that contract. A guy who was probably the fastest skater in the league too. Someone who had like a tangible skill that could continue to develop. Right. But keep in mind who they had drafted in the years after him that were getting ready to come up through their system. He wasn't. Stutzla, Norris, yeah. Stutzla, Norris, Kachuk. Mm -hmm. He wasn't exactly someone that they had to go out on a very long limb to try to keep because they had more and by going overseas to play overseas, they weren't losing team control. But don't you, but don't you at least go on a limb and they didn't do that. Because then you also have, you also have like, you also have Philadelphia flyers very nakedly and blatantly trying to trade Carter Hart. I think some of that though, was Carter Hart's play over the last few years. They went out and they traded for Cal Pedersen. Do you mm-hmm. want to have Cal, Cal Pedersen and Carter Hart on your roster at the exact same time, both making roughly $5 million when you have Sam Erson making a break for the starting job? I don't you think would, he's made a break. I don't think he's made a break for it. I think he took it. <laughs> I think he took it. Well, Carter Hart would still have that job if he was there. No, and no. you were you were trying to sell as high as you could on Carter Hart. Because look at his last few seasons. They weren't good. Hmm. So Danny Briere was trying to sell high on an asset that had been very, very low for a long time. So, yeah, is it suspicious? It, it's not unsuspicious. The math doesn't math. The math. Well, actually, no. The math kind of maths. The I math, guess it's the reverse of it. Right. Right now, the math two plus two were at one point nine. Yeah, we're so damn close to saying it's suspicious, but there's also just enough wiggle room to say you know what can you say for sure because also well that's that that's the kind of logic that lawyers thrive on well here's the other thing four of the players sign contracts with multiple general managers now Mm -hmm. here's the other thing when you draft a player right their elc expires right are -hmm. you doing another background check on that player he's already in your organization you are, you assume you what have you done? Uh, what, what have you done under our watch? Uh, let's see. We investigate ourselves and we found out we did nothing wrong, right? It, it, it's just they're not going to go off and launch this character assassination investigation 
after a three-year ELC on a player that they did research on, drafted, and started to develop. And, oh, by the way, I'm the, I'm the new general manager coming in. How much of what's here that the owner likes am I going to question? But then I must ask, why was Ottawa different? So you made a good point about Stutzel and Kachuk. You made a good point about Stutzel and Kachuk. But you don't go out on uh, you don't go out on this crazy limb to sign a 21 year old 17 goal scorer who's not arbitration eligible. But you you make a deal with that if there's no bugaboo. Ottawa. For me, Ottawa very clearly saw something that they did not like. Hold on. So, Formenton, I have it right here. Formenton was their second-round pick in the 2017 draft. Okay? Yes. They also drafted Shane Bowers and Drake Batherson that year. Okay? The year One after. Of these things is not like the other. They also drafted the year after Brady Kachuk. Okay? Mm-hmm. The year mm-hmm. after that, Shane Pinto, Mad Sogard. All right? The year after that, Stutzla, Jake Sanderson. Um, let's see. They had uh, and Lit, Rid, and Ridley Gregg, who we'll get to more later. Yeah. All three were first round picks, by the way. Mm-hmm. So now we're in. Tw- that's the 2020 draft. This hasn't even had the incident come back to light. That happened in 2021, 2022. Mm-hmm. So you have Stutzla, Sanderson, and this Greg, contract going off the board was 2021. Uh, right. But that's mm-hmm. what I'm saying is this: the investigation hasn't even been kickstarted again. So when you go into that 2021, 2022 contract negotiation with him, and you have Stutzla, Sanderson, Greg as first round picks, Shane Pinto as a second round pick. I get it. Matt Sogard is a goaltender, but he was a second round pick. Brady Kachuk was a fourth overall pick. You And then, by the way, Shane Bowers was also that year's first round pick. You're sitting there going, I've got a lot of forwards. I don't need you as much as you think I do. And now the negotiations become pretentious. Uh, you mean contentious? Contentious. Yeah. But and- like... I don't know. I, I I think we could go back and forth. I think we could go around in circles on this. I think Formentin well, did enough. If there was nothing there, if the organization thought there was nothing there, I think Formentin uh, showed that he was far enough in his development that, that development that he could become one of the key cogs in their middle six, and they just let but, him walk. But here's the thing: he also wasn't performing that well. Look at go back and look at his numbers. He wasn't putting up high levels of points. Did he have aspects of his game that were really good and promising? Sure. Every prospect does. That's why you draft them. That's why you sign them. That being said, does that mean there wasn't a hint? Because if if you go back and look at some of the statements that were made, I'm pretty sure Fermentin was one of the ones who didn't say anything when it first happened. Mm-hmm. And so that may have been enough for Ottawa to look at it and say, we don't trust this guy enough to sign him again. Mm-hmm. It's possible. They mm-hmm. may have read it differently and they read it correctly. However, four other teams in the same boat sit there and go, we don't know enough to not do business as usual. We're going to sign bridge contracts just like we normally would. Or, in, you know, then- the devil's case, you trade for Calfoot. Or you actually, I think Calfoot signed in free agency. 
But the thing is, is those contracts, I think with the exception of one of them, were all signed prior. They were all signed in 2021 prior to the investigation reopening. Except Cal Foots. I think Cal Foots was signed this year. I think yeah. only one of them was signed yeah. early 2022. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it was Cal Foot. So three of those contracts, like Carter Hart's, his was signed well before the investigation was reopened. Mm-hmm. So, and, and he had two different GMs, I believe, in Philly. Three, if you count Danny Briere. But uh, Hextall signed him to one. And I uh, forget. Fletcher signed him to the extension, did he not? I think it was Fletcher who signed him to the other one. Yeah. So, like, again, that's where I go. You're not going to reinvestigate the guy that you already signed to an ELC and you're trying to talk extension. You're not even bringing that up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, did teams later learn probably from the league investigation? That's probably where the probably knew something more than they are letting on comes to fruition. Mm-hmm. But again, lawyers telling lawyers you can't know about this everything that then goes around is all hearsay off the record bullshit so you're not necessarily going to act on it because you're not supposed to know that information anyway but do you really think Bettman told them all anything Gary Bettman the lawyer of lawyers for lawyering lawyers (laughs) the ultimate a lawyer's final form (laughs) like do you really think he would have said anything to anybody? No. <laughs> you're on your own. Exactly. But Gary, no. You're <laughs> on your own. We'll give you the relief, re- relief, but you have to decide what to do. Right. So, like I said, I'm just trying to play the devil's advocate here. It's just, it's possible that the general manager's Kept their- there is so much about this we will never know. Yeah, right. And that's infuriating. <laughs> right. Is it possible that the general managers kept their head in the sand? Yes. But was mm-hmm. the was their head as deep in the sand as you want to make it out to be? Probably not. That's that's what I'm trying to say. Because mm-hmm. yeah, you hear things, but you're not gonna. You're not. I'm sorry, but you're not gonna cut or suspend your starting goaltender in Carter Hart because you heard a rumor. Mm-hmm. Right. You may do some digging, but if all of your answers are, I, I'm not at liberty to talk about it, mm-hmm. on the record, I'm not telling you anything. You, I mean, if all you of a sudden, yeah, you got nowhere to go. All, all of a sudden, Philly cuts Carter Hart a year and a half ago. Everyone's sitting there going, what happened? Mm-hmm. Why? Why are they walking away from the guy who's supposed to be the guy for them between the pipes? Mm-hmm. Now, they had valid reason on the ice to do it. He sucked. He wasn't great. We might know why now he sucked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there may have been a few things going on in the back of his head. Yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, and, and, and speaking of which Calgary, uh, hmm, Dylan Dubé stepping away from mental health concerns. Fuck you. Not you, but (laughs) they had to issue that statement. Do you believe them? That they had to? 
Do you believe that the team, when they issued the statement that mm-hmm. Dylan Dubé was walking away from mental health concerns, do you believe the team had all the information and that it wasn't mental health? Again, I have a lot of trouble believing that. Uh, there, there's plausible deniability on both sides, but I, I personally have a lot of trouble believing that. There was all there was a lot of smoke coming from this World Junior investigation, and Dubé, um, he was the captain. He was the captain, and Dubé saying that he was stepping away for his mental health. You don't need to say that. Okay, but you you don't need to say that. <laughs> None of the other ones did, but exactly. You- <laughs> Form- when Formentin, when Formentin, I found this funny. When Formentin left his team in Switzerland, Switzerland came out of state with a statement with, that said Alex Formentin has gone back to Can- back to Canada to face the charges. It's like whoa. <laughs> well, to deal with a personal matter was their original statement. Yeah, and then yeah, then the charges came. Yeah, um, I. I- I do have a feeling that Dubé and his camp put the mental spin on it, the mental health spin, and the team just went with it. They didn't question it enough. Bad beats, man. That's a bad someone, Like someone in the organization overlooked it, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And it's as big, don't get me wrong, it's as big of an overlook as not Googling the name Mitch Miller for Boston last year. Jesus Christ. It's that, it's that bad. But shit happens. Well, in that situation, okay, so. And the person who probably hit send on social media, let's be real, is probably some 25 to 30-year-old person who's thrilled to be working in social media in the world of sports. And they got got the press release. And released this statement, yeah. So here's my thing about that. Uh, obviously if you're Dylan Dubé, you are going to the organization and you're saying, I need to step away. They're going to ask you why you don't have to tell them the exact reason, but you can tell them that like, I need to focus on myself. I need to say you're Craig Conroy. I'm stepping away from mental health. Isn't your next question like, Hey, we have a player's assistance program. We can help you get started on that. Right. Like, I wonder if that was a conversation. And if Dubé, if Dubé said, Dubé said, no, no, I just think I need some, need to deal with this on my own or da, 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 da. But it's like, maybe that ends up arousing suspicion. I don't know. There's a, it's so, it's such a, it's such an, a steep incline here when you evoke mental health in a, time 2024 where we're more open about our mental health than we ever have been and it reeks of a player using it as a crutch thinking that that's going to be your get out of jail free card and an organization playing along with it but i believe i believe the organization knew more than just than it was just that because the walls were closing in around that time in that investigation, and especially was, considering around that same time, the other four he laid out statements themselves. He wasn't the first one to step away. Exactly. Had he been the first one to step away from the organization, 
at least then you could say the team might have more plausible deniability. Yes. They have just enough plausible deniability that as soon as the charges were announced, the team was able to come out and say, we didn't know. Mm-hmm. We went off of what he told us. And now you're mm-hmm. just like, yeah, you had to say that. Not sure how much I believe it, but yeah, sure. Yeah. And now it like throws into question, like you have a guy like, you know, Pat, uh, obviously not everybody's going to do this, but there's going to be enough people who, when someone like Patrick Line goes into the player's assistance, assistance program, it's like, oh, is it really mental health? Like it's shit. It's shit like that. That ruins it for the rest of, rest of the people who are actually actively trying to work on themselves. And um, the guy from the Capitals, Kuznetsov went in. Kuznetsov, exactly. Hey, you mentioned you brought up Patrick Line. We'll we'll transition real quick. Did did you hear about the the podcast out in in Columbus? Do you guys know what a Remington retirement is? Uh yeah, I do. Okay, all right. Did, I just wanted to know, make Gordon, sure that we're both on the same page. I don't want to repeat it on the podcast, but uh, fuck I them. Mean, yeah, shame, shame on. I mean, it was one one person said it, and I've I've seen the video, and I still don't know how I want to interpret their reaction because the three guys on the top row all kind of rolled their head back, laughed a little bit. Like they were trying to laugh it off, but also had that, Oh my God, I can't believe he just said that look on their face. Yes. But none of them said anything. Yeah. It's just, how do you like, how do you, how do you think that's okay? I have never heard of this podcast and I, I, I will never listen to this podcast. That 10 second clip is the most I've ever heard of them. And, and it's made me not want to hear them any ever again. Yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised if this is the end of them. Um, but shit I like will, that is just, I will well, say this good on first off, good on Patrick line to call did, it out directly. Did you see him on, on Twitter on X? Yeah. yeah. He got a hold of the clip and he basically said, fuck you. Yeah. Yeah. Good on Patrick Line. And honestly, if his tweet had said fuck you, I'd still say good on Patrick Line. Yeah. I'd, so, I'd, I'd be like, you're you're probably you, you know, the CBA probably has you uh has you grabbing a fine for that, but we'll waive it. <laughs> honestly, uh the five listeners of that show probably should have paid that fine. Yeah, for real. So and, and good on Johnny Gaudreau, by the way, for stepping up and contributing in place of Patrick line a to charity. That's a thousand dollars for the rest of the year for every goal and assist he makes. Correct. Uh, yes, I believe it's per point. Good, good for him. Good for him. And you know what? If Patrick line is able to come out of the assistance program and play again this season, mm-hmm. I hope they both continue their donation. Absolutely. And yeah, good for them. Honest and- to God. Patrick Line deserves that standing ovation the second he steps on that ice again. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. think most fans in whatever building it occurs in will give him that tribute. Yeah, as they should, as they should. It's just, it's, you know, I mean, like, people just say shit now, man. It's just, it's just People think that, 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 like, just because they have a live mic, they can get away with saying just about anything and, you know, trumpet freedom of speech or whatever. But freedom of speech isn't freedom from consequences. You right. can it's- say that, but you are not protected from the blowback. Right. And that's and and I know we, we just spent 25, 20 minutes on. 
the Hockey Canada scandal. And I we, we both understand that that's a sensitive subject for a lot of people out there. We do not take that lightly as far as the, the off-ice situation for the victim, for mm-hmm. anybody else who's ever been a victim. And mm-hmm. I did an episode with Lauren and Grace from All Goals, No Misses where we talked about stuff like mm-hmm. that. And at some point we're going to try and get them back on as that story progresses. But the whole purpose of that is to show that w- we, at least you and I here at puck off understand that. Yeah. We want to talk about it as fans of hockey, as fans of the game, how it affects certain things, but we understand mm-hmm. it's a lot more than that. It's a hell of a lot more than that. As Absolutely. is the entire purpose of, the players assistance program and someone like Pat, I mean, Patrick line former, what was he? The, was he the second overall pick or was he the number two pick? pick? Yep. That's it right. Two, it was PLD went three. Mm-hmm. So a former number two overall pick, he's what? 25 still. Is he 25, uh, yes. 26, yes. something like that. So if, if someone like that can need the help of that program, it can help. It can be, necessary for not only any other player in the game but anybody in a front office anybody outside the game it's it's an important thing and that's why we are saying shame on calgary for bringing to light mental health issues in an area where and i'm not trying to say dylan dubay doesn't have therapy needs or or mental health issues Mm -hmm. that need to be addressed but right putting it out through the team statement like that is not the right use of that platform. The timing is just not there, especially for an incident that occurred six years ago where you've had six years to seek treatment for this, to seek personal, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Personal um, peace, peace with what happened. If he's chosen over six years not to search for that, that is on him. That doesn't mean we hope he doesn't get better. It means he's got to face consequences over the last six years of what he's chosen, face consequences for the case and retribution for his actions. And can he be someone better on the other side of it? Absolutely. He can be. Sure. It's the same. We were having similar conversations amongst ourselves as Bruins fans last year when they signed Mitch Miller. Does he deserve a second chance? Maybe not yet. Yeah. There needs to be, there needs to be legitimate evidence that the work has been done in Miller's case. That hasn't been done, especially since, I mean, not to, not to open that can of worms, but you know, you had a, you had an agent who went to bat for him and lied about literally everything. So that doesn't look good for you. Right now. But this is, and and I bring all that up to say a guy like Joel Quinville, who has been ousted from the game. Yes. He made mistakes. It was a big mistake though. Everything with the Kyle beach situation in Chicago, big fuck Mm -hmm. up, big fuck up. But you got Mm -hmm. Joel Quinville and Stan Bowman who went to league meetings and reports were that what they talked about, what they talked about learning from it 
that mm-hmm. they were genuine, they were sincere, and that they were believable. Now, the only way we're ever going to know if they were genuine, sincere, and and honest, and I don't want to say is to put them in the same position again, but, you know, we saw what happened with Corey Perry in Chicago earlier this year. No questions asked, cut him from the team. Mm-hmm. We don't like what he did. We cut him from the team. And we still to this day don't know exactly what happened. And we never will. But that is an organization that is in debt when it comes to benefit of the doubt. So right. they had to do oh, Absolutely. They had to do that. Now, maybe they overshot it on this one. But if you're Chicago right now, you can't give a fuck. You're, right. You owe that debt. Same thing with Bowman and and Quinville, if they're ever put in leadership roles again, they have to act the way Chicago's acting right now. They owe a debt of going Mm -hmm. above and beyond for any semblance of the word victim in anything. Mm -hmm. And that's the only way we're going to know if they were genuine, honest, and sincere about what they went through as far as what they were told they had to go through to learn new things, learn new ways. I mean, think about it. We all, not we all, but many people sat here at the beginning of the season and said, well, give Mike Babcock his second chance. (laughs) What'd he do with it? Oops. No. (laughs) He proved he didn't learn. You don't always teach new old dog, new tricks every once in a while though. And, and you can't not be willing to give someone a second chance. You just have to make sure they go out of their way to earn it. Mm -hmm. And in this case, these five guys have not done that. A hundred percent. And the thing that's going to really get, that's really going to get me on this is that this trial is going to last a long time. Way too long. A long time. Way too long. So, so go ahead. Yeah. So like, like just a quick question before we move on, like, I know this might be really early to ask, but will any of these four, I'll say four because I don't think four Menton was going to see NHL ice again, regardless. Will any of these four ever see the NHL again? As of right now, I'm going to say no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because so far, none of them, even now that they're being charged, they're all still trying to play the we did nothing wrong card Mm -hmm. right when something wrong happened period end of story something wrong happened right hockey canada is not cutting a three million dollar check because nothing happened (laughs) jesus hockey canada is not cutting a three million uh three million dollar check because nothing happened and hockey canada isn't liquidating their entire leadership leadership because nothing happened right Hockey Canada admits something happened and they covered it up. Their mm-hmm. actions alone admit that. Now, one player hopefully grows some semblance of a con- of a conscience and mm-hmm. comes out and I mean that it's tough though because the world you grow up in in a hockey world is the team, the team, the team. Mm-hmm. These guys were teammates, right? So they went through things as teammates that, you know, the brotherhood of the locker room and all that crap. 
this should be bigger than all that. Mm -hmm. I just don't know if it will be. Right. That's the thing. I think they are all going to end up sinking or swimming together. Mm -hmm. And they're going to be, they're going to be inexorably linked for the rest of their professional lives, at least. And that's part of the problem Mm -hmm. because that's part of the problem with the culture, the hockey culture that people have come to to talk about in that negative light. Mm -hmm. Yes. Your teammates are important. They're like family to you. They should be. But if your family member goes out and commits murder, it shouldn't be that big a deal to sit there and go, they done fucked up. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Pretty easy. Yeah. It's it's pretty simple. All right. Going to be a little bit more. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna take a quick break here, and uh, we'll talk about someone else who might actually get a second chance in the league, and uh, someone who got a lot of chances in the league. We'll be right back. We know hockey games move fast, but with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you can score faster than anything happening on the ice. This week, new customers can bet five bucks and get two hundred instantly in bonus bets. You got shots on goal, saves, puck lines, money lines. You can bet it all. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app with code THPN. New customers bet just 5 bucks on the NHL and get 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2024. All rights reserved. This week's episode of Puck Off is also brought to you by Nason's Naturals. All natural homemade dog treats for your favorite furry friends. Visit nasonsnaturals.com and use code PUCKOFF for your 15% off at checkout. Again, that is nasonsnaturals.com. For all the best treats for your favorite furry friends, use code PUCKOFF for 15% off at checkout. Welcome back to Puck Off. Chris Nozick here with Andrew Johnson of the Short Shift Pod. We uh, we got to shout out our friends over at uh, DraftKings. Been uh, been winning some small bets lately. I got the uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I got the the Bruins bet for Boquist's goal off of uh, uh, Brazo on, on his first goal or his first game the other day. So what a fucking story that was, huh? Oh, man, I going into it, I looked at it and I went. They needed to shake up the fourth line, and they did that. Boquist gets a goal today. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was plus eight hundred odds. I'll take it. <laughs> it was Boquist had a multi-point game, goal and an assist. Shout out yep. the new Bruins fourth line. Anyway, so as I mentioned before the break, someone who may end up getting he will he will get a second shot in the National Hockey League. 
Um, Jarmo Kekalainen out as general manager in Columbus. Surprised? <laughs> Surprised it wasn't three years ago. <laughs> well, three years ago, he was still riding the coattails of defeating the Tampa Bay Lightning in the playoffs. That's just it, man. Your biggest achievement was a monumental upset. Like nothing about the nothing about the staying power of the team that you cultivated. <laughs> right. Seriously? I mean, Kukalainen is a one of the last of the old school gunslingers in GMs. He's a hard <laughs> ass. Um, I recommend anybody who has the athletic. Go find a story. There was a story that I believe Mark Masters wrote about him a couple of years ago. The dude is out of his mind. He is a crazy person. And he, he he's he, he's a genuinely interesting guy. But as a GM, he rode those coattails far too long. Um, and he knew his job was in he knew his job was in jeopardy. He knew his job was in jeopardy this year. Why else would you go? And trade for Damon Severson and Ivan Provorov on a rebuilding franchise. Hold on. He knew his job was on the line, and that's why he went out and got Mike Babcock. And get Mike Babcock, exactly. Get Mike Babcock, trade for Provorov, trade for Severson. Well, and here's apparently, here's, here's and apparently hold up one second. And apparently, they were close on Elias Lindholm. I don't doubt it. I don't doubt you it. know your job's in jeopardy when you shouldn't use do you you do the thing you shouldn't do. That's a thing they shouldn't have done. No, Mike Babcock was the thing they shouldn't have done. A lot of things were the thing they shouldn't have done. That's why he's gone. <laughs> you remember earlier this year when I went on a rant about Kevin Shevel Day off? How could I forget? Everything I said in that rant also was applicable to Yarmo Kekalainen. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> they uh, are yeah. so here's the thing Yarmo Kekalainen was the version of not of doing the things that you should not have done Kevin Sheveldayoff is the version of doing the things that can save your ass mm -hmm. Kevin Sheveldayoff fleeced the LA Kings with PLD he actually got a semi-decent return for Patrick Laine and Jack Roslovich. Mm -hmm. Now, there are plenty of other reasons that you can look at Winnipeg and go, what the fuck is going on up there? What is Shevel Day off doing? The loss of guys like Dustin Bufflin come to mind. Mm -hmm. um, a few other players who basically said, I don't ever want to play here again. Fuck you. So, Shevel Day off has his own issues. However, He's managed his way out of them. He, and... No, 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 no. Hang on. I, I, I have to push back on that a little bit. <laughs> for this year. He, for this he year. Connor Hellebucked his way out of them. <laughs> yes. Let's be clear. He Connor Hellebucked his way out of them. Um, Yarmo, Yarmo Kekalainen, on the other hand. Uh, I mean, think about this. They got a 2018 fifth round pick. Anton Forsberg and Brandon Saad. Do you remember what they gave up to get that? Oh, the Brandon Saad trade. Hang on. I'll give you a hint. Uh, it included a 2017 sixth round pick, Tyler Mott, and another superstar. 
hold on. Give me like another five seconds. I, the name is like right there. You're gonna kill yourself when I. Well, not okay. You're you're gonna smack yourself in the face. I was gonna I, say. Yeah. You want to take that again? <laughs> you're gonna smack yourself in the face when I tell you this name. Oh God. Oh God. Hang on. Fuck. I'll give you a hint. The New York Rangers. Panarin. Yes. All right. Jesus Christ. <laughs> but they, here's the thing. They gave up three pieces, including Artemi Panarin, to get three pieces in return. What were the three pieces again? They Name gave those again? Panarin, Mott, and a 2017 sixth round pick. For? Brandon Saad. Oh. Anton Forsberg. Oh. And a 2018 fifth round pick. So do you know those little uh little phrases that EA will give you when you make a trade that's ridiculous? Yeah. <laughs> How come? How come? How come that didn't pop up on Kekalainen's field of vision? So, hold on. Or not Kekalainen's. No, uh no, actually, yeah. Yeah, Yarmo. <laughs> uh then he flipped UC Jokinen and Tyler Mott for Thomas Vanek. Vanek didn't last very long over there, did he? No. Yeah. No. Uh, I, I'm just going through some of his more recent um, humdingers, we'll say. Uh, going like, after Elias Lindholm is like systemic of what was wrong. And yeah. that's nothing. That's obviously clearly nothing against Elias Lindholm. Like, I'm looking at his trades here. Uh, he, oh my God. He gave up on March 5th, 2014. Dana Tyrell. Matt Tormina are who he acquired for Dalton Smith and Jonathan Marcheseau to the light. Those four people are not in the NHL anymore to the lightning. Let's see. He gave up Marion Gabarik for a conditional third, a 2014 second and Matt Freighton and And Matt Freighton. Yeah. And, and if I remember correctly, Marion Gabarik won the cup that year with the Kings. I believe so. Yeah. Or if not the year after. Let's see. Scott Hartnell for RJ Umberger and a 2015 fourth. I mean, that's not something you really get on them too much for. Like they were kind of even players, but a 20, hold on, a 2019 first, 2020 conditional first, Jonathan Davidson and Vitaly Abramov for Julius Bergman and Matt Duchesne. I forgot Duchesne was there. And then the next day, a 2020 second rounder, a 2021 second rounder. And Anthony Duclair for Ryan Dezingle. Hold up. Say that trade again. 2020 second round pick. 2021 second round pick. And Anthony Duclair go to Ottawa for Ryan Dezingle. That was during the trade deadline, right? It was It was February 23rd, 2019. And then. Yeah, that was the 2019 trade deadline. The, and, and then, but hang on. Hold up. 25th, no, hold up. Hold up. I want to. Three days later, to the New York Rangers, a 2019 fourth and seventh, plus Julius Bergman, who they got in the Duchesne deal, to the New York Rangers in exchange for Adam McQuaid. Ha! <laughs> Oof. And that was that was that was not a good version of McQuaid at that point. He gave up Josh Anderson in 2020 to the Montreal Canadiens for Max Domi and a 2020 third round pick. He gave up Sonny Milano earlier in 2020 to the Ducks 
for Devin Shore. Hang on. Uh, can you go back to the Dezingle trade for a second? Absolutely. Ryan Dezingle for Anthony Duclair. A 2020 and, and a 2021 second rounder. So two second round picks and Duclair. That's egregious. For Ryan Dezingle. And Ryan Dezingle was playing on the fourth line on that team for Torts. Oh my God. Did he really think he was going all in with Ryan Dezingle? Three-team trade with Toronto and the Sharks. Maple Leafs acquired Nick Foligno from the Columbus Blue Jackets and Stefan Nozin from the San Jose Sharks. Columbus receives Toronto's first-round pick in 2021 and Toronto's fourth-round pick in 2022, while the Sharks received Toronto's fourth-round pick in 2021. That was when they gave up on Nick Foligno. Yeah. This guy couldn't trade his way out of a paper bag. Oh, and... Uh, Giving up Cam Atkinson for Jakub Voracek. No, he tried to trade the paper bag for a third-round pick. Jakub Voracek in exchange for Cam Atkinson with Philly. Oh, that's a bad trade. <laughs> Adam Boquist, 2021 first, 2021 second, and a 2022 first into Columbus in exchange for a 2021 first, a 2022 sixth, and Seth Jones. I don't know if I could take much more of this. <laughs> a 2023 third and fourth for Oliver Bjorkstrand to Seattle. He, 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 really, he really was a master of trading away a lot of mid-round draft picks. Ray Yarmo's uh, tenure. Eh? Huh? How do you, how do you, how, how? Okay, hold on. He beat the Lightning. D minus. I'm pretty F sure Sergei Bobrovsky beat the, beat the Lightning. Fine, F plus. How I do you... Do they not like firing people? No, they don't. What are we doing? Now, here's the thing. Let me see. Perfect. I have the list right here. Uh, let's let's throw some of these names out here. I want to know if you know what these names all have in common. Mm. Vladislav Gavrikov. They're all former Blue Jackets. They will be. Oliver Bjorkstrand, Daniil Tarasov, Elvis Merzlikens, Keegan Kolasar, Kirill Marchenko, Alexander uh, Tessier, Andrew Peak, Sonny Milano, Alexander Wenberg, Zach Warensky, Kent Johnson, Pierre Luc Dubois, Adam Fentilli, Cole Sillinger. What do they all have involved? Uh, uh, have in common? They were all drafted by the Blue Jackets. They were all Yarmo Kekalainen draft picks. That's not a terrible draft. That's not a terrible draft. Um, Resume. draft call. It's not a great one, but it's not the worst. No, it, it's not bad at all. Yeah, and. You know, a guy like Kent Johnson and Adam Fentilli, like they're still growing and, and whatnot. Cole Sillinger as well. They look good. Mm -hmm. Sonny Milano looks good. But he has an eye for talent. He just can't make a trade. Be a scout. Be a scout. He's the guy that I want heading my scouting department. Yeah. Be a scout. I don't want him to be my GM though. Yeah. And that's fine. Be a scout. You're you you're 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 decent at that. Do that. Do the thing that you're good at. But yeah, exactly. I maintain he will get a job somewhere as a general manager. So where it's do you want to see him go? Uh, Toronto. <laughs> no, no, no. He will get a job as a general manager, not as a yes man. Yeah. Uh, good point. And they just hired their yes man in Brad Living. That's right. Or as uh, as uh, Steve Dangle calls him, Brad! They have a general manager, and his name is Brendan Shanahan. Yeah, correct. 
where does he go? Okay, so he was there for a long time. He was there for a long time. Yarmo yeah. was. And because he was there for a long time, I think you're right. I think it sort of guarantees that he will be a general manager somewhere else. The question becomes where? Mm -hmm. And just looking at the board, and by board, I mean all 32 teams, uh, San Jose has Greer. He is doing what he needs to. They shouldn't be looking at getting rid of him. The Ducks just brought in um, uh, Pat Verbeek. I don't mm -hmm. see him going anywhere anytime soon. The Flames just flipped over to Craig Conroy. Mm -hmm. uh, Ron Francis isn't going anywhere in Seattle. Or is he L.A.? Ron Francis is Seattle? Yes. L.A. is who? Rob Blake. Rob Blake, thank you. Okay. Um, Edmonton. That's an interesting one. I I think Edmonton is an interesting one. Ken Holland has that job for as long as he wants it. Ken Holland is done at the end of this year. I hope so. I, for I their think sake. for their sake. Done. I think he's already done. He's not calling the shots anymore. So I think his replacement's mm -hmm. already been made. Mm -hmm. Okay. They're not going anywhere. Um yeah, McCrimmon, McCrimmon has that job as long as he wants it. <laughs> and until they become a, a perennial non-playoff team, he's there. Uh, mm -hmm. Vancouver right now looks pretty solid. They're not going anywhere. The Blackhawks, they're on a path. He's not going anywhere. The Yotes, I think that's, they're cer that's certainly a way to put it. They're on a path. <laughs> I mean, hey, they just got. It's not wrong. It's not wrong. It's not wrong. You're not wrong. They just got Connor Bedard back. I think uh, Brock Faber still has the Calder locked up unless Bedard goes on a massive, like, 60 points in 40 game streak. Mm -hmm. it, it's all Brock Faber at this point. Bill Guerin is secure, at least for another year. I don't see his seat getting hot in Minnesota just yet. He's yeah. He has probably until one full season after the Parisi and Suter buyouts are off the books. Mm -hmm. That's that's and what I'm that's looking fair. at for timeline. Arizona, I think they're more worried about a stadium than they are who their general manager is. Um, <laughs> Barry, I Trotz mean, do you blame them? Over. No, I don't blame them. Barry Trotz. When just when 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 the when the head of the players union call, calls you an affront to an NHL organization, you're kind of on the hot seat. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, for sure. But <laughs> I. They're getting good players now. So the general manager's doing his job. It's not his job to go find a fucking building. His job yeah, is to yeah. assemble a team, and he's doing what he can. Shut up and do your job. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. Nashville just got Barry Trotz. He's not going anywhere. The Blues, they are an interesting one, but if they make the playoffs this year, that buys time. Shovel mm -hmm. day off. Um Who's the guy in uh, Colorado right now? Why can't I think of his name? Dallas, too. They're both escaping me, but they're fine. Uh, yeah, yeah uh, Dallas has Jim Nill. And uh, thank you. Colorado has Chris McFarland, where it was, where it was Joe Sackick, um, Joe Sackick but he got promoted. Um, Pittsburgh just brought in Dubas. He's not going anywhere. Yeah. Washington could be an interesting one. 
because at some point they're going to have to rebuild post Ovechkin. And so that's an interesting one, depending on where Yarmo lands for the next two years. Mm-hmm. Because that's a two-year away ish situation. Uh, I agree with I, you, though. I think I, I I think that if they're smart, they would they would just tell they would just say, "Okay, look, be our head scout for a year or two. Right? You're obviously uh, good at the Islanders. They're not do, they're not making any changes anytime soon. They just brought in Patrick Waugh. They're not going to change the general manager on Patrick Waugh like that. Mm-hmm. Um, the Devils. Well, not- Lou Lamorello is 128 years old, so I mean, we don't. Yeah, we, well, we, when we he died, know. we'll get a new GM. <laughs> or better yet in four years when he can look at those massive contracts he gave out and said, they're not my problem anymore. I retire, but that's Yarmo what, that is. That's what all those contracts are. Yeah. Uh, but you. Four years away. New Jersey. They're not getting a new GM anytime soon. Philly they're They just got Briere in there and, and he is doing a fantastic job so far, regardless of the Carter art situation. He's doing well. Sure. Um, Carolina and the Rangers, they're not swapping GMs anytime soon. Ottawa could be interesting. They need well, a new GM. And Lauer um, seems to really like Steos. I think Steos is more of a director of personnel mm-hmm. kind of VP guy. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if they brought in a general manager. But for now, Steos is the guy, and I'm not sure Yarmo's the guy for them. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. Sure, that's interesting, but I just don't see it. Mm-hmm. Montreal, as long uh, as uh, Hughes, and, Hughes and Gordon are, are 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 steering that rebuild. They're not. They're not. They're not they're going not anywhere. Out. And they've no. got um, Martin Saint Louis as the coach. I think those three are all tied together right now. Sure. Uh, Buffalo. No, Kevin Adams. Is, Kevin Adams has been fine for what he is. <laughs> Their problem is coaching and not being able to sustain a shooting percentage. Mm-hmm. Um, Detroit Iserman's not fucking going anywhere. No, he's, he's got, he's got at least five more years before the seat starts to warm up on him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Breeze, why he's not going anywhere until they need those draft picks back. <laughs> <laughs> And he says, fuck them kids. Brendan Shanahan's got control in Toronto. Mm-hmm. And Florida, Bill Zito's not going anywhere. And I would much rather have Don Sweeney than Yarmo Kekalainen. So he can stay the fuck out of Boston. Mm-hmm. So that's what, two spots? Just about. Is Yarmo Kekalainen really the, one of the 32 best men for the job? It depends on the job. Every every one of I don't those think 30, it does. Hold on. I don't think it does. Every single one of those 32 gen, general managers that we just brought up, 30 really, they are all different situations. And they and they've all been put into specific situations, mostly of their own doing. The coaching carousel is what changes every few week, every few years. Mm-hmm. The general managers don't tend to. Think about this. Think about how long Don Sweeney has been the Boston Bruins general manager. Think about how long Bill Zito has been in charge down in the Florida. Brisois before he came in just after Iserman. Mm-hmm. He was the Iserman replacement in Tampa. Iserman in Detroit himself. Kevin Adams in Buffalo. He's been there for a while. Like he general has. managers are given a good amount of time to build something. Yarmo Kekalainen's string ran out. 
He didn't no. build anything. He was he there a, for 11 like, years. He had a collection of players and he couldn't build anything. He literally mm -hmm. had a box of Legos and he didn't build anything. He just stuck them all together. And then, and then, and then an art collector sees his modern art piece and goes, oh, brilliant. That's the Tampa Bay series. <laughs> and that buys him a few more years. No, Ta Tampa could easily bring him in and say, we want you to be our head scout because they need the low end draft picks. Oh, sure. Absolutely. So, um, to, to someone who got a lot more chances across the league than they probably ever should have gotten based off of their name. Yarmir Yager's number was retired last night by Pittsburgh. Did you catch any of the ceremony? I did not. I did see that he suited up. He suited and I was like, I was like, oh, you, you cheeky little bitch. And they all wore Yager jerseys during warm up. That was cool. That, that was cool. Yeah. I did see that. I just, I just, I just didn't see that. I didn't see the, um, I just didn't see the uh, ceremony itself. And then lead it to him to go up to the booth during the game to be interviewed and drop an F-bomb on national TV. Of course. Because he's Yarmir fucking Yager. I was going to say, what are you going to do? Yell at him? Uh, right? <laughs> the dude is still playing. He will not enter the Hockey Hall of Fame probably while he's alive because he's <laughs> keeping his own organization afloat by still playing. Well, I mean, those gambling debts aren't going to pay themselves. No. Don't talk about that. Plausible <laughs> deniability. Oh yeah, that's right. Okay, good, good just, work, good job. <laughs> just like the Department of Player Safety, we have plausible deniability on anything called precedent. Oh Jesus Christ! Uh, but yeah, you're absolutely right. I I, I don't know what came over and me. Linus Olmark both got five thousand dollar fines for using their stick in different ways to whack people in the head. That was hilarious. That what Olmark did. <laughs> He didn't even hit him. No, he swung. <laughs> he didn't even, but but if if you look at the replay too, you could at least make the case that he was swinging his stick not at the player, but because he was trying to gain momentum to get up. <laughs> he had just been knocked on his ass. Yeah. You could yeah by a pretty decent elbow too. Liability. Yeah, yeah, by a decent elbow to the shoulder area, maybe close to the head. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I'd have to look at the replay again. But Jordan right. Bennington using the knob of his stick. Did you see that replay? I I I I I did. I did. That's I don't know. It felt like he should have gotten more. Do you do you think he was going for the post? Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we know Morgan Riley was going for Ridley Gregg's shoulder. If you ask any Toronto Maple Leafs fan. <laughs> what he did, what he did, what Ridley Gregg did was awesome. Art. It was art. Here's it was the art. It, I got to be completely transparent on this. I'm not going to bullshit anybody on it, right? I first saw it and I went, whoa, you don't do that. And then, I, <laughs> then I Hold on. Then I saw the, the Morgan Riley response and I went, but you definitely don't do that. <laughs> All right. And then I kind of sat on it for a little bit. And then I have to admit, I listened to the, I don't remember if it was the LFR or the Steve Dangle podcast the next day. I don't remember which it was, but he then made the comment about Rid Ridley Gregg slap shotting the, sh the taking the slap shot as being something he should have done. 
And then, and that gave me pause. And I went back and I looked at it again. And I went, you know what? This is something that Elliot Friedman says all the time. We cannot complain that Connor McDavid has no personality and then bitch, piss, and moan mm. because Ridley Gregg shows personality by icing the Toronto Maple Leafs on home ice in a game that the Maple Leafs had no business losing. Yeah, with they were dominated. Get the fuck out of here, slap shot. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I went, you know what? I like it. I mm-hmm. like that he did that. You know why? Because if you don't like it, if you're the Maple Leafs, don't be losing the fucking game. So uh, for those of you who didn't hear it, I uh, took the lead on this week's short shift with uh, with Ian. Uh, and uh, I, I decided to do to go you know what i'm gonna give you 60 seconds ian and you're gonna go on a you're gonna go on a rant he went on for like three minutes before you stopped him yeah because i couldn't i couldn't i i couldn't hurry greatness i had to let it i had to let it develop like gluten in a beautiful beautiful loaf of bread that you're baking So, you know, I mean, it was, it was, and it's, it's some of the shit that, that the Maple Leaf said in response was just like so Sheldon Keith, like Jesus Christ. That's my thought on what Ridley Gregg did. Mm. Now, as soon as you do that, turn your fucking head. Cause something's coming. You better fucking know that <laughs> because I don't care if you're the Maple Leafs. If someone did that to us as the Boston Bruins, I sit there and I'd go, go after him, not cross check him to the head, but. A, a good cross check to the shoulder would have been fine in in retribution like solid shoulder um well, Chris, I, you know what you know what they should have done they should have they they should have had Ryan Reeves out there uh we'll come back to Ryan Weakling Reeves in a minute um mm-hmm. it's honestly what he should have done is a solid shoulder to shoulder check into the boards with a fuck you attitude mm-hmm. now that being said, what I ended up sending out later that night, I posted it on X, is in an instance like that, when you go for the head or the knees, you have an intent to injure, period, end of story. And mm-hmm. that's the problem What with what I have with what happened that Morgan Riley did. I don't care that he was going for the shoulder. If he was going for the shoulder towards the elbow... And Ridley Gregg's arm came up. That's a different story. Mm-hmm. He was going for as close to the neck on the shoulder as possible to yeah. the point where he could excuse. I was going for the shoulder, but I got him in the head. The intent, he brought the stick up so high. The intent was to injure period. Of end of story. When you get that close to the ne- the head, the neck, or a knee, you are going for injury, period. And that is not okay. That is why Morgan Riley deserves every one of his five games. Well, five games. He's, he's appealing it, and um, the, uh, the Leafs are now 4-0 without him. Right. The Leafs are doing their job without him. No yep. complaints about that. Morgan Riley... Honestly, probably should have gotten seven. I don't mm-hmm. give a damn that it was his first time. Intent to injure. As they said in the video, this is not a hockey play. 
He had a good uh, two to three seconds after the goal was scored where he could have adjusted to make a different move. He right. chose not to. He made a beeline. Exactly. He mm-hmm. made a decision and he stuck with it. He didn't try to talk himself out of it. There was nothing there. Mm-hmm. Period. And you know what? <laughs> Show me any other player doing the same thing. I don't care. Seven games. Minimum. Minimum seven games. If Matt Cook does that, 37 games. <laughs> Rafi Torres does that? Man for 37. <laughs> it's, hey, just, it's just, it's just, it's just, yeah, it's, yeah, it should have gotten a suspension. Absolutely no doubt in my mind. But come on, it was fucking great. It the was fact, so what Ridley Gregg did. I mean, the fact that Rid- Ridley Gregg is fine mm-hmm. does help the humor aspect. Yeah, right, right. Now, that being said, he took the hit and he did exactly what he should have done. He dropped like a sack of potatoes. <laughs> Play dead. Yep. Because the Maple Leafs, as you said, Sheldon Keefe after the game. And other players after the game showed they don't understand what toughness is. And that is why they are soft as dog shit. First off, Sheldon Keefe. Oh, he did exactly what he should have done. No, the fuck he didn't. And as his coach, you should be the one saying he should not be going for the head. Right. He cost us. He will get suspended for it. He will appeal his suspension because Every player does, but he should not have gone for the head. Of course. That's what Sheldon Keefe should have said. We appreciate him standing up for the crest. Mm -hmm. He didn't do it correctly. Yeah, you can do both. You can do both. And then (laughs) fucking Ryan, useless piece of shit Reeves. If I was on the ice, you're not on the fucking ice because you suck. You're not on the ice don't... with 30 seconds left of a one-goal game. There's a reason for that. You want to take a stab at what that reason you're is? On the ice, five on five, up three goals to none. Just, just, just an unreal, just an unreal, um, lack of awareness of his surroundings, and also. You know, if Ridley Gregg was playing when I was in my prime, he'd still be on the ice. Ryan, even if you were in your prime, you still wouldn't be out there. Ryan Reeves, in his prime, still spent less than 11 minutes of average time on ice. You know what his career high in uh, time on ice for a season is? 10.52. Less than that. (laughs) No, average time on ice in Vegas, year 18-19, I'm looking right at it. That's his Okay, average. very good. I thought it was I, – I I looked at it earlier today, and I thought I saw like 9-18 or something. Okay. The guy has been in the league for 14 years, okay? Mm-hmm. He started mm-hmm. at age 24, which would arguably be his prime, by the way. Yeah. 24 years old. He started in the 10-11 season. Here are his time on ice averages over the 14 years. Yeah, 1052, okay. 648, 
1021. In your prime, at your best, you are sitting 50 fucking minutes of a 60 fucking minute game. Shut the fuck up about if you are in your prime. <laughs> I have uh, nothing to add. No notes. <laughs> oh, and, and by the way, his career time on ice. Career. 849. 849. His 849 average. Mm -hmm. His career penalty minutes. 1,045. Beautiful. His career... Hold on. Let's do this. Do, you got a calculator in front of you? Uh, I can. 1,045 minutes spent in the box. Guess how much time on ice he has spent in 14 years. So if we do... Hang on. So if we do... Let's see. He has 856 games. He has 1,047 penalty minutes. Oh, no, 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 no. I have his total time on ice. We're going to see how much of his total time on ice. Okay, okay. So if you do 856 <laughs> times, let's do 856. Times 60. Times 51, 51,360 possible minutes. Okay. And now... He has spent 7,534 minutes on the ice over that 51,360. That's like, <laughs> hold on, that's like 8%. Yeah. Right? And for, yes. And I see where you're going with it. So of now that you... 8%, yep. he has spent 1,045 minutes out of 7,534 in the box. So of the eight percent, it was eight percent. Is that was I roughly yeah. close? Yeah, of you are. Yeah, eight percent of his career, he actually spent on the ice. Thirteen point nine percent of that was spent sitting on the box. In your prime, Ryan. In your prime, you're sitting in the penalty box. <laughs> you are not a good hockey player. Oh, Fuck no, really? off! I don't give a damn what you think. What you would have done, you, what you, honest to God, what he would have done is he would have pulled a Matt Cook, injured the guy, and gotten kicked out of the league based on his thoughts on toughness. And then the very next game, he got fucking railroaded by five foot nine Australian Nathan Walker with one so, hand. With one hand. Can we put that in perspective? With one hand. And oh, by the way, Ryan Reeves is all of 6'2, 225. Yeah. Mm hmm. So, Ryan Reeves, puck off. Did he really think he was... Did he really think he was... Did he really think he was going all in with Ryan Dezingle? How do you... How do you... How? How? Okay, hold on. He beat the Lightning. D minus. I'm pretty F sure Sergei Borowski beat the, beat the Lightning. Fine, F plus. That's a good tease. Leave him wanting more.